At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, this is Brian Alvarez, and this is today's edition of the Wrestling Observer Daily Podcast on the 8Side Network. Are you ready? Let's get it on! How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, New Pacific 3 Eastern, Sunday, 3 Pacific 6 Eastern, well, it is Wednesday on this show. You know what that means. Dynamite is tonight. And a lot of stuff happening on Dynamite tonight. We're going to have at least one debut. And uh, certainly the rumors are that we will have two. So we got a lineup for the show tonight. We'll tell you about everything scheduled for the Dynamite show and some speculation about who the two big surprises might be if there are two. I think there's two. And uh, all of the rest of the news coming out of AEW Dynamite. We have also got NXT 2.0 last night, everyone's favorite topic. A lot of stuff happened on NXT, including the debut of Dolph Ziggler, who interrupted the summit between Braun Breaker and Santos Escobar. This was the go-home segment for their big match next week, but Dolph Ziggler was the focus of the segment. So it was a little bizarre. We can tell you about that. And as noted, the Raw ratings. Raw, in fact, drew its lowest audience in history, and actually only the second lowest 18-49 to in history. This, of course, was the show that was preempted due to the Olympics and moved to sci-fi. We talked about this yesterday. Not really anything to be overly concerned about. It is what it is. I mean, everything going up against the Winter Olympics is going to take a hit, whether that be WWE programming, AW programming, or whatever the programming might be. But we'll give you the uh, the hourly numbers and all of the details on Raw. Interestingly enough, the second hour actually did the best of the three hours. So we'll go into the ratings and all of that kind of good stuff. And also updates on, yes, we are actually going to have a Women's Dusty Cup. They announced it will be taking place in two weeks. So apparently they've now figured out who's going to be in all of these teams. So we'll get into that. Mike Sempervivi joins us. And more after the break. Observer Live. Back of the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. I'm Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Hello, everyone. Y'all enjoyed the toga party yesterday? Hope so. 
Where's Mike? Oh, he's there. Right here. What? Checking. Yeah, it looks like we got a lot of people enjoyed it. I'm not blurry, am I? Autofocus again. Looks like, oh, man, look at that. What is going on every what day? What has been going on here with this? I think we need to just manually auto, auto manually autofocus it every day for some reason. Is the color right this time? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. All right, let's get right into the news here. Tonight's Dynamite, and obviously there's uh, a lot of speculation about who. Who's debuting on the show tonight? Tony Khan continued to pound the drum, it says here from WrestlingObserver.com, with multiple media outlets that Wednesday's Dynamite from Atlantic City, New Jersey, will be special for several reasons. Speaking of both people, the Insider busted open in separate interviews. Khan talked about tonight's surprise new signing that will debut against Isaiah Cassidy in the face of the Revolution qualifying match in the show in general. He says, I'm going to try to satisfy a lot of fans tonight. I had a lot of thoughts over the weekend and what that means. I pivoted some plans in the last few days in a good way to make tonight's show even better. Told PW Insider he thinks the signing is a, quote, major one for them and that he hopes people's expectations will be met. Also saying that even if the person isn't one of the guesses fans have, that does not change the possibility of them showing up in AEW in the future. He said that while there are a lot of fun things planned for Wednesday already, there is more that they have not announced, some of which will come today and into the evening. There is also going to be some really exciting things on the show that have not been announced yet, he said. He was non-committal to PW Insider on whether there will be more than one debut tonight. I don't want to get too specific to say exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be a great night for the fans. I promise there will definitely be one surprise, and I think there will be some other really fun stuff along the way, too. Part of Khan's approach is listening to the fans, which is driving some of what they will see Wednesday. I really do value the feedback from the fans and what they have to say. Part of the reason I'm going to do a lot of things we're going to do on tonight's show is because I listen to the fans and their voice and what they want to see. There's a lot to look forward to on this show. So announced is Hangman Page, Lance Archer, Texas Deathmatch, an appearance by MJF, Isaiah Cassidy versus a debuting top wrestler, and an inner circle team meeting. Tony Khan also said, The new debuting star walking through the forbidden door on Wednesday's Dynamite will also set up this Friday's Rampage. He called it a huge signing. It's going to be a big reveal on Dynamite. It sets up this week's Rampage, puts a lot of iron on the fire. We have created an environment in AW where people routinely expect great wrestling matches, and we have wrestlers to live up to those expectations. I've created some debate about what it means to open the forbidden door, and that's what we're going to do here on this show. He said, I recently asked Danielson and Jade Cargill, who's already starting an amazing run as our TBS champion, to work together. Brian is going to be training Jade Cargill. Well, that's good. Coaching, I guess it would be better. So anyway, who's going to be tonight? Who's going to be tonight? Anybody know? I'll tell you who I think it's going to be. Who? I believe, and I'm not reporting this because I, I don't actually know who's going to be there tonight, but I I believe that tonight you will see the debut of Keith Lee, and you will also see the AEW debut of Jay White. I do believe that both of those people are going to be there tonight. They might not be. And uh, as Tony Khan noted, uh, maybe the debuting wrestler is not Keith Lee. Well, if that's the case, maybe Keith Lee's going to show up later on. But it appears, here's the two things that I can tell you that appear inevitable. 
Jay White at some point is going to appear for AEW. He's promoted it himself on every New Japan Strong show that I've seen in the last couple of months now, whenever he's got a live mic. He's going to show up at some point. I think it's going to be tonight. Keith Lee has, has uh, he's likely, likely signed with, with AEW. Uh, we'll find out soon enough. But I believe that Keith Lee is going to end up in AEW one way or the other. So that's what I think is going to be here tonight. Could be other people, but uh, that's my prediction. Now, I know you're you're kind of allergic to it, you know, but do you want to have some fun here a little bit? Since no, we have, I hate fun. <laughs> I know, you obstreperous little man, you. But, you know, we've talked about a lot of names, names that, you know, won't be there for contractual reasons, like Jeff Hardy, names that could be there, like Keith Lee, Johnny Gargano, some people talking about. The not going to be Gargano. I would say with 90% certainty, it's not going to be Johnny Gargano. But I'm just saying, you know, Athena, there's all these names that have kind of been floated out there, with Keith Lee being the most obvious one, and Jay White, like you mentioned. I think that would make a lot of sense for tonight, but there are a lot of New Japan contracts that had run out. So could we see Kamatonga, G.O.D.? Could we see Juice Robinson, who I think Juice Robinson fit Finley, I think would be a great addition in a lot of fit ways finley that would be a great addition <laughs> but it's <laughs> not gonna finley. be fit finley um, i'm sorry david i'm sorry it's um, i'm old and your father was great um look uh, you, you don't know bandito roosh i i don't know where they fit in because of politics with mexico and things like that but you know it's interesting to think about some names that are out there that could come in that people are not as hyper focused on which could make it really cool, especially if you do get a Keith Lee and then you do get a left field surprise. And I guess for some people that would be Jay White. But, you know, again, there's so many names out there that could come in and be impactful. Again, Juice Robinson, I think, and again, I don't know the situation with Impact or any of that stuff. I think he would be a nice addition onto the AEW roster. Here's the deal. Would I love to see Juice Robinson and David Finley in AEW? Of course I would. Would I like to see an, any number of, of talented New Japan wrestlers there? Yes. But here's the deal. Tony Khan has, has built this up big, okay? I love Juice Robinson. I love David Finley. No, no, no. Look, I'm saying not, not only as the only person. I'm saying along with, say, well, Keith Lee. Well, of course I would love. secondary person. No, the secondary person's got to be someone like Jay White, to me. Like, I, I mean... If if people are expecting somebody from New Japan to step through the forbidden door, I'm sure that like the real hardcores would be excited for Juice Robinson and David Finley. But Jay White is uh, at the top of the of all people, by the way, Mike. You're the biggest Jay White fan in the world. I am. He's but do at you the top of this pyramid. <laughs> look, but do you want to shoot that wide boat yes. tonight? Right? I'm look a, a double shot is always you know fine with me. You know why I want to do this tonight? Why is that? Because Raw, even though it was on Sci-Fi. It did a terrible number. So, you know, both shows this week, I mean, man, this is, I don't know if they could beat Raw in viewership and 18 to 49. It would, uh, 18 to 49, I think they can easily beat Raw, actually. Total but, viewership, but, I'm not sure about that, but they, it's it's not impossible. You're right. You're absolutely right. But that's going to be established because there's going to be a surprise or two. You know what I mean? Jay White, unless Jay White debuts at the very beginning of the show and then we see numbers rise, which could very well happen if Jay White is on your show. That's how much I believe in that guy. Best wrestler in the world. Take that, Osprey. Anyway, look, if, if the, the number is going to be set, I, I think. So I don't know if that's him being on the show is going to be that 
it's not going to cause the number to go up. That that die I think is already cast going into the show tonight. So here's what Raw did: lowest audience in history, second lowest eighteen to forty nine in history. The show did one point three nine million viewers at an zero point three six and eighteen to forty nine. I would be very surprised if Dynamite did not beat that point three six. But uh, they have done 1.3 million before, but they would basically need to do 1.4 million for the show tonight. And I, I don't think there's much of a chance of that happening. With the move to sci-fi due to the Winter Olympics, record lows were expected. Demo number actually is Raw's second ever, as the December 6th Raw on USA did a .35. Went up against the Bills versus the Patriots. Raw's still third on cable behind Olympic coverage on the USA Network. With the five to 8 coverage doing 1.81 million viewers and a point three at an 18 to 49 8 to midnight 2.07 million viewers and an 0.40 so i mean honestly honestly like these numbers are not terrible i mean when you look at them they sure sound terrible but considering the show was moved to sci-fi on monday night and if you watch the show it wasn't like they they packed the show or anything like that I mean, these are not terrible numbers. The, uh, oh, I hear the music. Well, too bad. I'm going to go through the break. Uh, the main Olympic events aired on NBC. I'm just kidding. Back in a moment, Observer Live. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. We got a tough guy in the YouTube chat. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. He's a tough guy. He's going to call in and school me later. Oh, yeah? On yeah, what? I'll be waiting. Well, you know, he's, <laughs> he's ranting about how much uh, Dynamite sucks. Because they have never come close, he says, to what they did for their very first AEW Dynamite. Dork. And uh, I made note that, uh, you know, the very first SmackDown on Fox did 4 million viewers. And they've never come close to that. In fact, they're 2 million away from what they did for that first show on Fox. But apparently this doesn't count, you see. So he's going to school me as to why it's different than the SmackDown debut on Fox being half of what they did for their first show is fine. But AEW being down a couple hundred thousand from their their peak is is horrible. So we'll see. I'll be uh, interested to hear this myself because yeah. I'm one of those people. I put a little bit more weight on that. Bench he won't more. call though. Probably not. Yeah. 
You know, it, but I put a little bit more weight on that benchmark than say like Dave does. Dave dismisses it. And go, oh, it's always going to drop fifty percent or whatever it is, and that's understandable. But it also shows you that okay, this is how many people at least one time. That's always the goal that you're going to shoot for. And obviously, there's little things here and there. And for right now, AEW, I think you know their number is a million. And and when it comes to WWE, when it comes to Raw, I mean, what's their number? One point. 4 million at this point, 1.5 million, 1.6 million. You know, it's not that dramatically different. Now, SmackDown obviously is different being on the Fox network. But, I mean, I I just think if that's what you're going to try to call in and use as the reason that Dynamite sucks, like, that's the best you got, don't bother calling in, really. You know, you could text and email as well. Brian at WrestlingObserver.com. No, because it makes it a lot more painful. 425 780 7566. I stepped on the number. Give it again. 425 780 7566. I'll read it verbatim. Oh, unless boy. you swear. I, I, can't, I can't do that. No, no. Let's see. I would. The first hour of the show, uh, 1.38 million viewers. Second hour rose to 1.45 million. And then uh, tumbled again to uh, 1.34 million viewers. So those are the raw numbers for uh, for Monday. And keep in mind, I mean, same same deal could happen with Dynamite. Happened with Rampage and SmackDown last week because the Olympics are a powerhouse. I haven't actually checked how the Olympics are. I hear, I hear they're way down in viewership. Is that right? I have no idea. It's uh, not a clue. We actually they are watch- for me because I'm not watching the hockey, and that's usually the only thing I watch. Mm. All righty. WWE revealed when this year's Women's Dusty Classic will be kicking off. On last night's NXT, it was announced that the 2022 Women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic would begin in two weeks. I feel like I've heard that before. <laughs> NXT will be back on USA that night after two straight weeks of airing on Sci-Fi. So, yeah. NXT on Sci-Fi yesterday. We're going to get that number in about uh, 30 minutes. Maybe this bloke will talk about how great that number is while he's at it. List of teams will take part in the Women's Dusty Classic have yet to be announced. Raquel Gonzalez and Cora Jade, Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray, and Yulissa Leone and Valentina Faraz have been set up as three of the teams that will be taking part in the tournament. Zoe Stark, of course, is out of action. This... Story. Should I do the? I'll do the NXT report after the break. Yeah, I might need a little bit now. of time. Give it, yeah, ample time. This show is 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 funny and bad. Although I do, uh, there are things that <laughs> it's are like growing a remedial on me. Memphis show. It really is. I mean, you know, it's funny too. I want to talk about the Creed brothers. They're great. Okay, here's the thing with these Creed brothers. So we got Julius and Brutus. They should have been part of our toga party last night. By the way. <laughs> And uh, so, uh, if I recall correctly here, correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, sir. Julius is the taller one, right? And Brutus is the short, stocky one? Yes. Is that right? I believe so. Okay. So, uh, I watched this show, and and maybe Dave was confused, or maybe, I, I don't know. He says that they are very high on Julius. He's the taller one. Makes sense. Okay. And, He's I, tall. you know, they do like guys that are tall and everything like that. But, man, I watch these two guys, and, man, I am so much more into Brutus than Julius. Like, Julius is fine and all, but but of the two of them, 
Julius is the one that looks like he's going to kill somebody. <laughs> and uh, he's also, like, he's tall and all, but he's, he's you know, I don't want to say he's, he he's kind of lanky. He's kind of a tall, lanky, normal-looking guy to me. And uh, Brutus, I mean, he puts the brute in Brutus. This guy's a thick, powerful, mean-looking you know, I just think that he's got way more upside at this point. And, he, and Julius looks more green than his brother. Like, when I see the two of them in there, I feel like Julius is the one that needs way more work than uh, than Brutus does. But they're a fun team when they're in there with guys that can, like, carry them to a good match. You put them in with two guys that are also green, and it's just, like, the wrong kind of violence. You know, someone's going to get killed. But that's it. I mean, I believe every single Thing that they are doing everything when they fall out of the ring on their heads in the top of the, you know on their necks i believe that when they are thumping around they were doing the, the deal with the knees i thought that was a great spot uh, you know the back and forth with delivering the knees and the guy rolls over i i, I thought that was awesome I, I think they're great and they are again that old expression of puppies with big paws both of them and i and it's unfortunate that we're already hearing that they are favoring one over another because this is just to me it's like the usos you just put these two guys together or the steiners for as long as you possibly can because the mileage you can get out of them as a team is I, i'm not saying it's infinite but i mean we've seen this formula work in pro wrestling for a gazillion years with two meathead brothers out there just wrecking shop on people i, I think it's great all right, well, uh, let's do some of the feedback here, and then we'll go into this uh, this deal here, this uh, full NXT review in a in a moment. That's all the major news, by the way, today. We're just waiting to find out what happens on Dynamite. So uh, let's see what we got. Any scoops or hints on the AW? I should read them before I read them. Mm-hmm. Do you have it? It's two now. <laughs> Listen, if you missed the first part of the show... I believe, I believe McMahon. it is Keith Lee and Jay White Triple H. who will be debuting oh, on the show here tonight. And I know that, uh, you know, some people are, are up in arms about this term forbidden door. And uh, ah, Keith Lee's not walking through a forbidden door. He got fired from the other place, isn't that? I think Tony just like the term forbidden door was used a lot. And so he appropriated it and he's going to use it. Obviously, Keith Lee is not stepping through any forbidden door. And obviously, now that they're working with New Japan, it's not really a forbidden door anymore. But I believe that uh, Jay White coming in would be considered stepping through his idea of the forbidden door. And uh, in Keith Lee, you know, I don't get too hang up, hung up on these words. You know what I'm saying? Like, does anyone expect that someone under contract with WWE is coming in? Because they're not gonna. No one from WWE. Ali. You know what I can also tell you? No one from AEW is going to be in this year's Royal Rumble. You sure? I'm going to be like that guy last year that did this prediction of something that already occurred. <laughs> he didn't win, by the way. <laughs> the Voyagers uh, yeah, portion know, of the proceedings. You know who did win that prediction oh, contest? Geez. I did. I won. I was the winner. Hmm, wish we could do a... It's funny you can have a prediction contest. Spelling B right now, D-O-U-C-H-E. You can do a prediction contest, and people claim that you rigged predicting the future. You can't do that. 
I accurately predicted the future better than anybody, and so I'm the winner. If you don't like it, you predict the future. I've only won once. You've sullied this whole process and the trophy. I mean, honorable people like myself, Tara, Jim in Virginia, I mean, we were past winners, and we, you know, we really brought that honor up and, and raised it up for the people. Now here you come, bastardizing the whole thing. You want to talk about appropriation. Here you just come in wanting to do something so you could buy yourself some more gold. Like no, the you don't fact have of the matter, of that. the fact of the matter, Mike, is if I were really, like, not fair or unfairly rigging, you wouldn't have won last year. But you did. So that's because, everything everybody needs to know about how fair this contest is. Because I'm omniscient. The last know? thing I want to do is award you with a plaque. But I did, because I'm, I'm a because fair man. I'm undeniable. And I put it up to a vote, and I was the winner. On your Twitter. Yeah, the worst place for me to put a poll oh, on whether or not I should win. Stop. This person says, the lack of a card announced for Dynamite adds to the spookiness and mystique of the show, this person says. Or drama. Uh, sure. What is going on? Well. <laughs> spookiness and mystique. Yeah, spookiness and mystique for tonight. Danhausen. This person says, of course they beat Malik Blade and Edris Anofi in the semis when they could have gone on to win the whole tournament. I, listen, I love those Wait. two guys. They should not have won that tournament. They no. They were fine last night. They were carried all right, but they are green. And going as far as they went is 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 fine. And, uh, you know, the bigger issue with them being uh, geeks is, like, there's so many geeks on this show in terms of, like, you know, they can't ask out anybody on a date. They're just too nervous. Don't. And then on top of that, either JB or BJ, whichever one is, is horrible with women, he's also poor. They added that last night. Can you believe it? Getting them ready for the main roster. Back in a moment with more Observer Live. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Alrighty, let's talk about this NXT 2.0 show last night on Sci-Fi. So it opened up with the Creed Brothers and the Grizzled Young Vets. We talked about this. I, I had fun watching this match. Grizzled Young Vets are a fun team and... Creed Brothers, I mean, as I said, they can be they can be carried to a degree. It's not like it'll be a four-star match or anything like that, but it's going to be fun. 
And uh, Brutus pinned Gibson with his sliding D, which they don't call the sliding D. I don't know why. So that was that. Then uh, we had a Cora Jade interview, and uh, she's with Raquel. And Valentina Faraz and Ulyssa Leone interrupt. And uh, the three women that can speak Spanish start yelling at each other in Spanish. But Cora Jade doesn't speak Spanish, so she's just baffled. And uh, it ends with Raquel saying something like, uh, I can't believe they said that about you. And then she walks off and, of course, says, what'd they say about me? It was wacky. We had Tiffany Stratton versus Wendy Chu. And it was not as bad as last week. But the fans are still way more into Wendy Chu wrestling than pretending that she's sleeping in the middle of the match. And uh, Triff- uh, Tiffany Stratton beat her. They're just doing a match, and she did like a twisting splash deal and pinned her. It was like there was no build to it. There was no near falls. It was just she beat her. So It's like it was a Vader bomb with a barrel roll. That was weird. It was just a full twisting Vader bomb. But I mean, oh, oh, just a full twisting Vader bomb. Yeah, dude, she was a she was You're a high level full twist. She was a high level <laughs> gymnast. She could do that in her sleep. It was a single twist. <laughs> do the fans know that? Uh, yeah, they've t- so, dude. They did a vignettes, and her father right. paid for her to be an Olympic gymnast. Of course, they know that. <laughs> Again, look, I don't have to don't have to get all like that. It's just it was a cool looking move. I mean, if nothing else, that was that was a cool looking finishing move. We had Pete Dunn beating Draco Anthony. Holy smokes. You want to talk about a guy who's not ready to be on television? Draco Anthony. And he was in there with Pete Dunn. Just preponderously green. Is that a word? He was very green. And so he won. And then we had the interview or the uh, segment afterwards with uh, uh, Tony D'Angelo coming in. Tried to attack him. And long story short, next week they're not only having a cage match, but they're going to have a weaponized cage match, which means there's weapons in the cage. It's weaponized. Hat on a hat. But you know what? In the case of Tony D'Angelo, that's the best thing you can do. I mean, you hide him with as many gimmicks as possible, and you put him in there with a great wrestler in Pete Dunn. So, I mean, this is the best you can do is to, to have him try to learn on the fly. We'll talk about it a little bit later on with MSK getting the win and how that goes on to actually really help the Creed brothers win or lose in that dusty final. Person here says Draco's listening right now with a tear in his eye. Bro, this is nothing against Draco. Why do, why do people always get mad at me if I say someone's green? Like, what do you expect him to be? I think he's had, like, whatever. I mean, he's green. It doesn't mean he's a bad person or, or like he shouldn't be employed. It just means he needs more in-ring and he shouldn't be on TV yet. And, bro, when I had three matches, I wouldn't want to have been on national TV either. L.A. Knight, and speaking of green, Sangha. Guys seen Sangha? What was the uh, woman's name that had the match last week that I was just laughing and I begged you all oh. to go watch the match? What was her name? Somebody on the uh, chat alert me. But anyway, uh, this guy is the male version of uh, whatever her name. Not not Ronda Rousey, you geeks. <laughs> Someone just mentioned her name a little earlier here. Anyway, you want to know? You want me to describe Sangha to you guys? That haven't seen Sangha? Yeah. Okay. No, she was on NXT last week, and she was all Kayla oh. Inlay. Thank you. This is the male version of Kayla Inlay. Okay. So, 
You want me to describe Sangha? Imagine a very green Braun Strowman. That's Sangha. He is big and he's short term fast. You know, like, you know, if, if, uh, short term fast. Yeah. So, like, if, uh, quick explosive bursts. Ba- basically, like, if you, if you saw, if you saw, uh, Braun Strowman, when he had to, like, go from the middle of the ring to the corner, he could sprint really fast. But if they made him do that run around the ring, like, he wasn't moving very fast and he didn't look very athletic. This Sangha is, is good in short bursts. And, like, he works exactly like Strowman, except a totally green and over the top version of Braun Strowman. And uh, I was, I, listen, it's WWE, so I couldn't even believe my eyes. L.A. Knight beat him, pinned him in the middle of the ring. In yeah. pro football terms, he comes off the ball quickly. Sure. Edge rusher. Sure. So he uh, he pinned him, and then Grayson Waller tried a sneak attack, and uh, Knight avoided it. And uh, there you go. They're gonna be they're gonna be feuding. But man, I I like I see a guy like Sanga, and I just have my Vince McMahon brain on, and it's like they're they're gonna DQ the guy or do a count out or something like that. But nope, it got pinned. It's like when Big Show showed up in in WWE and Vince, you know, oh this uh this uh big what was his the giant this giant they don't know how to book a giant I'm gonna book him like Andre the Giant. Three weeks in, Steve Austin pinned him in the middle of the ring. Yeah. Well, we had uh, this is a storyline. Remember how we were talking about how they want women viewers and so like they do like they got like nine romance storylines going on, so. Duke Hudson does an interview, and uh, what's Indy's partner's name? Persia. Persia Parada. So Persia Parada likes Duke Hudson, thinks he's a handsome man. So Duke Hudson does his interview, and then he pauses, and he comes back, and he goes, I just want to wish Indy luck in the Dusty Classic. Not Persia, Indy. This leads to a kerfuffle later. So we had this championship summit. We've got Braun Breaker out there with Santos Escobar. And they're kind of going back and forth because they got a championship match next week. And uh, all of a sudden, whose music should hit but Dolph Ziggler? And Ziggler comes down to the ring, and he sits in a chair. And, uh, you know, I've mentioned before, I, I do this for a living, but I stay off Twitter as much as I can. Well, to my dismay, apparently I've missed like a week's worth of storylines by not going on Twitter. Ziggler starts cutting a promo about what Braun Breaker has said about him on Twitter. And I'm, I am lost. I have no idea what's going on with Braun Breaker and Dolph Ziggler on Twitter. So they're having this conversation that's in like, you know, some other parallel universe. And I'm just baffled. But apparently Braun Breaker has been saying things about Ziggler on Twitter. And so now Ziggler has shown up and he's mad about it. So now Ziggler and Braun Breaker are having this conversation. Poor Santos Escobar standing there like a dork. Like, so I'm flabbergasted. And then, uh, so finally Ciampa comes out. And now Ciampa is arguing with Ziggler. And finally Santos just standing up and goes, What is happening here? I'm the guy who's got a championship match next week. And so this... I mean, the fans were in a Ziggler because, like, you know, a guy from up there blessed these blokes with his presence. But, I mean, you know, Ziggler was good and all. I have nothing against Ziggler's performance. But I just, 
you know, all this Lance Archer tonight and all this talk about how Lance Archer needs to get a win and, you know, be dominant. Poor talk about making this guy into a geek. I mean, Santos Escobar came off as such a geek in this segment. And it looks like we're going to have Ciampa versus Ziggler, I guess, down the road. And uh, Escobar and Braun Breaker in a match that, like, no one on the planet thinks Escobar has a chance in. Even less so after the go-home segment. So I don't know about that one. So I beat Dakota Kai. Just dropped her on her head, neck with the suplex and pinned her. Oh, she killed her. We had a segment with Ch- uh, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams in a barber shop. You know, talking about how cool they are and all that. It was something else. We had Gigi and JC backstage. Well, first, Indian Persia. This is just so wacky. So this is another one that maybe maybe I'm missing something on social media again. But uh, Indian Persia backstage. And Persia is upset that her man, her wannabe man, said good luck to Indy, but not herself. And Indy's trying to, uh, you know, whatever. So then Gigi and JC show up, and they have a photo that was taken some time ago, I guess, of Indy Hartwell and Duke Hudson together at like a sporting event or something like that. So they're trying to make it out like, oh, Indy actually, you know, she's closer to this guy than, than Persia thinks, and maybe more than her husband thinks as well. And then a brawl breaks out, and this show is just, it's like a soap opera. And not necessarily a great one. Not necessarily? <laughs> well, I don't watch soap <laughs> operas, so it's hard for me to, I can't fairly say it's better or worse. I don't watch Young and the Restless or anything like that. Why not? It's a pretty good one. Anyway, look, this is like a big budget remedial '90s style Memphis show. You got some people on there. That yeah, the Young go. and the Wrestlers. That should be the name of this show. <laughs> That's a good one. Somebody trademarked that. It's like Forbidden Door. Has anybody trademarked that yet? Did TK do that one? But hey, I they really sacrificed. You know, uh, Santos to get to that. You know, jumpstart. Champa and Ziggler and put them in the mix with Braun Breaker. I, I, I don't know. I do you think this is really all going to lead basically to a four way at you know? I don't know, weekend? but you know, you're in. You know, you're a geek, and I love. Listen, I say he's a geek because in the storyline he's a geek. But like, I'm the biggest fan of Santos Escobar, and that's actually why I'm so mad about it. He's but you know, you're a geek when you're the number one contender for the guy's title. And another guy walks out, and immediately the fans start chanting triple threat because they'd rather see yeah. the other guy in the match. And then the other guy comes out, Champa, and now they're chanting for a fatal four-way. So, golly. Well. Can you imagine? I got a, I got a nitpick. This is more I'm going to send the, put up the Lance Storm stern face bat signal because during that first match is where it really stood out to me, but it was driving me nuts, the referees. You know, you got that spot where they they put Cass, uh, what's his real the wrestling creed, under the ring, and they do the the deal where they they yank him up, and he hits his neck on the steel underneath the ring, and they throw him back in, and you know they throw a chin lock on him where it's like, you know, he's choking him. But I'm looking at the referee, and the referee's just dancing around, he doing doesn't things care. with his arms, and it's like, I know it's a lost art, but it's like, can you just try to check the 
Can you do no. that, please? And this is and Below this is can't not breathe, only but we don't stop the match. I know it's not only there; it's pretty much everywhere. I mean, main event Bryce Remsburg is great. You know, I, I uh, what's her name? Um, Aubrey Edwards, I think, is great. You know, but I this is I know it's a small thing, and when you were looking at the wrestlers and some of the things that they screw up on, to me, it's a again, it's like. Guys not being developed to be good wrestlers, referees aren't being developed to be believable in the least, you know. Of well, they what, had a referee like, why was are fired. You there? The referee coach was fired. They had a referee coach. I know. I, well, let me finish this real quick. MSK pathetic. beat Edris Sanofi and Malik Blade. This was a good match, although it was all, God bless them, MSK. Uh, Edris and Malik can do some cool spots, but they are green. But I still I still enjoyed myself watching this match. And then Mandy Rose, Kaylee Ray. I mean, Mandy Rose does the match, and uh, Dolan and JC distract the ref. Mandy knee strike, just pins her in the middle of the ring. That was it. A very, uh, it was very uh, anticlimactic. And then Io Shirai ran in, so she's going to be teaming with Kaylee Ray in the women's dusty. Back in a moment, Observer Live. Back of the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Hey, if you missed it yesterday, we had a WrestleMania 9 toga party. Holy smokes, was that something else. Craig, as many people have noted, uh, the most amazing. He needs to wear the toga everywhere. Like, he should go build cabinets in that in that toga. It suits him more than I've ever seen a toga suit anybody. Crazy. May not be the first time he's worn one. Well, I mean, shouldn't be the last. I shouldn't. What about Vinny? I mean, Vinny was all right. Vinny didn't look as good in the togas as Craig did. I like Lance at least had one of those fresh bath towels that he stole out of the hotel that wrapped around him. He stepped up to the plate like that. I'm trying to find the, uh, I guess I should go to my own Twitter if I want to retweet it. I'm going to retweet the link if you guys want to go up there and check it out. But uh, it's much better on video if you're not a subscriber to video at .f4wonline.com. Over on my Twitter, at SemperVivi, I'm going to retweet this uh, tweet from Lou Kippelman that he sent me. uh, The Second City, I guess, did a skit back in the day, the young and the wrestling. So I'm going to retweet that for everybody. Somebody stole your idea, Brian. Yeah, we also have a, a video up on YouTube that's free if you want to see one of the uh, if you want to see part of the uh, of the toga party review and uh, hit hit the subscribe button. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, video.f4wonline.com. We got new videos up there every single day. If you haven't clicked subscribe yet, and uh, you can click join and sign up and uh, get the Brian and Vinny show, Figure Four Daily, Wrestling Observer Live, and uh, archives as well on video. So check that out. And uh, that's it, everybody. I want to thank you all for listening today. Mike, as always, callers and listeners, over to the studio. Talk to you next time, Wrestling Observer Live.
You have been listening to the Wrestling Observer Daily Podcast on the 8Side Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.